Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me. Those that are here, um, good to see some good good number of faces. Uh, thank you also for those of you I know who will be listening along tomorrow. Um, I appreciate Wednesday evening. Often people have got better things to do than listen to me, but I'm very happy that those of you that have made the effort to come here, thanks for coming. Um, today, we've got a big one. Um, this was kind of inspired by um, recently I've been, I've been talking to people about training and in terms of um, actually some people who are new and some people that have been with me for a little while actually getting down to the nuts and bolts of why it is that your program is written in the way that it is um, what those component parts of the program are and what we can do to basically make the most of what you're doing in the gym because ultimately one of the things that I'm always trying to do is I'm trying to make sure that the time that you do invest in the gym gives you the best possible outcome um, kind of the the background philosophy of everything I'm trying to do is I'm trying to make it as time efficient and effort efficient as possible so that you're um, you're not feeling like you're overwhelmed and you're not feeling like you're having to do too much. So um, what we're going to run through today is, is pretty straightforward. We're going to be talking about what it is that training actually does. Uh, this is something that we've definitely covered before in other, in other, in other seminars, um, but we're going to quickly go through that, what training isn't effective for, um, how you can make sure you maximize every session, and then ultimately, the goal of this is that you're going to know more than probably 99% of people in the gym. You're probably going to know more than lots of personal trainers based on what I tend to see week to week. Um, and you should be able to get the absolute most out of the time that you're you're spending in the gym. Um, there is quite a lot um, to get through today. Um, I'm going to do my best to be as concise as possible. So in that spirit, um, we may, may as well get started. So first thing we're going to do is just run through some basic principles that are going to underpin everything else that we're going through today training more than anything else it's there to build muscle um if you're in a deficit that means that what you're essentially trying to do is you're trying to retain your muscle um and if you're not in a deficit if you're in maintenance or surplus with regards to your calories you're there to build muscle you will be getting side effects with fitness you will be getting side effects with with mobility you will be getting sort of positive endorphins you'll be getting lots of other health benefits but the main reason why we are sending you to the gym is because we're trying to make sure that your body composition is optimal. And what that means is that we're trying to make sure that you are either retaining as much muscle as possible in a deficit or building muscle if you're in maintenance or surplus. In order for that to be effective, you have to exceed a threshold of output. So say, for example, the arbitrary figure that one might use is that you need to be working with around 70 to 80% of your one rep max in order to be working at an intensity sufficient enough to stimulate muscle growth. You know this intuitively, Every if you're gonna run, you do 100,000 reps. None of those reps are at an intensity sufficient enough to build muscle. And so that's why when you go running, you don't put on any muscle. The key thing about this that we wanna take going forward is that if you turn up to the gym at 50% because you're sick or because you haven't had enough sleep or because you're just your brain somewhere else, and you do a 50% workout, and obviously these are kind of arbitrary figures, that entire workout is a waste of time. All you're essentially doing is lifting weights for the fun of it. You have to be able to perform at 80% of your best in order to make progress that's actually going to be worth doing. And if you can't attend the gym and actually work at 80% of your best, then you actually may as well not bother going, which is kind of why I recommend that if you're sick or anything like that, just, just skip a session think about the bigger picture and make sure that you're um you're you're you know saving your gym time for when you're feeling good the main driver in terms of hypertrophy muscle retention whatever you want to call it is tension okay that means that the amount of force being applied to a muscle is the most important thing 
sometimes we go to um higher sort of higher intensity stuff which we're going to talk about a little bit more which is more to do with sort of coordination and that kind of stuff and sometimes we'll go to lower lower intensity stuff which is more about burning and endurance but all of those things are building up to us being able to get to a position where you can apply more tension to a muscle for a longer period of time in order to actually increase um the or sort of stimulate the muscle growth and stimulate that muscle retention within the gym and this is the last one weight is kind of the only metric that really counts you aren't going to be putting on a sufficient amount of um, muscle if your weights aren't going up, okay? If your weights are going up, that doesn't necessarily mean that the muscle is going to go on. But if you feel like over a period of over a period of six months or something, if you're doing a squat in January and then you go back to doing a squat again in July, if your squat weight hasn't gone up, then you haven't put on any muscle. So weight really is the metric that we need to be using in order to make sure that you're getting the most out of this as possible, okay? So... Those are the sort of the underpinning sort of foundations that we're going to be used going forward. When it comes to your program and how it is that you should be applying it and how it is that you should be getting the most out of it, the most important thing that you get right is your technique and it's your form, okay? Because if you don't have the technique, then you're not using the correct muscles. The second most important thing is the speed at which you do the rep. And for those of you that have been with me in the gym, you will know that I am an absolute ass when it comes to making sure that every rep is done at the correct form. Um, those of you that are a bit newer, we haven't probably won't have gone quite so much into this. But if you're on set, you know, your third or your fourth phase at this point, pretty much every exercise I give you is going to have a tempo prescription. And we're going to get into that more in a little bit. Reps are the, the key variable that actually dictate the training effect that you're going to have. And so what you tend to see a lot of the time when people turn up to the gym and they're training by themselves, everything is done um, at a moderate tempo. Everything is done at about 10 reps, eight reps, maybe 12 reps. They never go to low reps. They never go to high reps. And as a result, what you're actually doing there is you're kind of, you're only training one thing, similar kind of thing. If you're doing running, it's like saying, for example, you're trying to work on your 5k. So what you do is you just run a 5k once a week for a year. Anyone who's tried that will know that doesn't work. You need to do shorter runs. You need to do longer runs. You need to try and actually vary the stimulus that your body is receiving. And we do that through reps. Once you've got all of those things together and those, those, those factors, tempo and reps will undulate as programs go along. We actually, then we apply the rest break because the rest break is simply there to make sure that you understand to basically get to the point where you can repeat the effort. Rest breaks. I see this a lot when I see people training on their own, people are taking sort of too long or they're kind of getting impatient and they just sort of like, oh, I'll just go anyway, because they don't feel like they, they don't feel like they, they need as much rest as being as, as is being prescribed. But actually a lot of thought goes into the rest breaks that we're putting into. And there is a reason behind it. And hopefully today you'll, you'll understand that. And then once you've got all of those things together, the only thing that you actually vary in your program is the weight. So you select the weight that you use, that you know that you'll be able to repeat the, the effort again within the, prescribed rest period you'll be able to achieve the prescribed number of reps you'll be able to do it with the right tempo and you'll be able to do it the right technique only when you can fulfill all those criteria should you then be increasing the weight which is actually quite liberating so and we're going to talk a little bit more about where it is and isn't more or less important to increase the weight as we go through um but the first thing that's the overview the first thing we're going to do is we're going to be talking about form okay so Form is a simple question is, you know, is the desired muscle or muscle group that you're you're wanting to work doing the work? So, for example, if you're doing a bench press, 
can you feel your chest working? If you're doing a hip thrust, can you feel your glutes working? Um, the actual technical term for this is essentially is active range of motion, which means that you may find that, let's take an example on a hip thrust, that's actually a really good one. So a hip thrust or something like that, or even a deadlift. Um, if you can't feel your glutes working throughout the range, from the bottom of the range all the way to the top of the range, that would imply that you're only actually engaging the muscle at a certain point within the range. What you need is a good active range of motion, which means that you can feel the muscle going all the way up and down. Now, if you can't feel the muscle working, then you should probably lower the weight. Easier to control means that you actually get a better chance to actually focus on it. Sometimes a heavy weight can be quite overwhelming on your brain as well as everything else. Um, and in order to make sure that the form is right, you kind of only need to know two things. You need to know what the basic anatomy is of what you're doing. And this really isn't very complicated. Um, and you need to understand how levers work. And before we go any further, what I want to do is actually just quickly talk to you about levers. Now, this is something that I put together this morning, um, which is explaining the proper um, sort of execution of a very, very simple exercise, which is a bicep curl, right? So what you can see here, and for those of you, if you're listening along to this, this will be completely lost on you. So I would suggest I'm gonna recommend that people watch the YouTube, is you've got three things. You've got the red arrow here indicates the force on the muscle. When the red arrow is longer, it means there's more force because essentially the weight is further away from the pivot point, okay, from the um, from the axis of rotation around that joint. Black line is the lever arm, which is basically what's being moved. And then the little dotty line here is the line of weight. You can see where the weight's pulling. And all those three things together make a little triangle, which will indicate to you how much tension's on the um, how much tension's on the muscle. Okay. So when you see on the left hand side here, you can see because the dumbbell is very slightly further forward of my elbow, there's a little bit of pressure on the, on the bicep here. And it's, and it's basically, it should be fairly easy. This is how it should be done, okay? As we pull the bicep, pull the dumbbell up, you can see actually the length of this lever arm sort of lengthens massively. The amount of force in the bicep goes massively up. And so this is why what you'll probably find when you're doing a bicep curl, this is the point at which you'll fail because this is the point where there's maximum tension on the muscle. As you get up to the top, shortens a little bit, a little bit less range. So you can see here that there is a varying level of tension in the muscle. And this is a very simple one because a, a bicep exercise is just like a single hinge joint. There's a varying level of tension on this muscle. Now, that should be fairly straightforward. As you can see, you can kind of intuitively know that if you were to hold the dumbbell out at this angle here, it's going to feel a lot heavier than if you're holding it here or you're holding it here. That should be fairly straightforward. What's happening is this muscle and we're going to do some nerdy stuff today. This muscle is attaching on your forearm here. And you can see, as you bend the elbow, the muscle pulls up the arm. That's fairly straightforward as well. The thing I want you to take away from this is actually the next few slides. How it is that you can actually, in this specific exercise, how it is that you can actually cheat the technique to reduce the amount of load that's going through the muscle that we want to work. So for example, if you pull your elbow back behind you, the distance between the dumbbell and the elbow is reduced. And so the length of the arrow here is reduced and the force on the bicep is reduced. This is what you'll see nine out of 10 people in the gym doing every time they do a bicep curl. They'll pick up a set of 20 kilo dumbbells. And the first thing they do when they lift it is they'll chuck their elbows back because actually 
their bicep can't produce enough force to do it like this with a 20 because it's too hard. And so what they're doing is they're outsourcing to their shoulders, they're outsourcing to their forearms, they're outsourcing to a bit of momentum. And this actually will reduce the amount of force going through the muscle. I want you to do everything with as little weight as possible in order to make the desired effect. And the reason for that is because the more weight you use, the more stress goes on your joints. And from a longevity perspective, it makes no sense for you to use unnecessary weight. There's a couple more examples. If you throw your elbow forward at the top, rather than on the left here, you can see my elbow's much tighter to the body. You can actually get to the point where because the dumbbell is closer to the midline than my elbow is, the, reverse, the, the force is actually reversed. And so now the weight is actually falling towards me rather than falling away from me. So when I'm at the top there, I actually have zero tension on my bicep. Again, what will tend to happen is you'll kick your elbow at the back as you pull it up. And then as you lift forward, your elbow will fly forward and that takes the tension off, okay? The last one is you can achieve the same thing by leaning backwards. Again, what you'll tend to see is people doing a bicep curl, they'll lean back. And this is why I get everyone to do these seated because it means that essentially what's gonna happen is that you're, you're gonna avoid leaning back and you're gonna make sure that you get it in the right spot. I've actually already done one in-depth um, training module on chest training, which goes into these kinds of things. I'm going to be doing one for each body part to start with, and then I might go into isolation movements as well. But the critical thing I want you to take away from this is that how you do the exercise has a massive effect on where or how much the desired muscle is working. And if you feel the muscle working less, it means that you've done something wrong. Okay. So, what we need to do in this instance is firstly, use the notes, and this is the actual, the practical takeaway after the theoretical stuff. If you don't feel like the muscle's working, it isn't. So use the notes in the program. Every program has coaching notes, which will tell you what you should and shouldn't be doing. Use the video coaching, which means that you can send me videos of what you're doing so I can give you tips in terms of how we can make the exercises more effective. And then the third one is, if you can, make sure you come down to the open gym, I always have fun. Hopefully everyone else does. Um, and actually I can give you some, give you some help in person. Okay. Because the fact of the matter is, is that just lifting the weights and just trying hard does not necessarily equate to you putting the muscle under enough tension in order to make it grow. And that's a critical point. Okay. So form is absolutely paramount. Hopefully I'm going to take a second there. Hopefully you guys have learned something from that. That's just one simple example. And obviously that applies to every single exercise. There's multiple ways to cheat takeaway is if it doesn't feel like it's doing it right it's probably not so tempo is something that i harp on about a lot it's the speed at which a rep performed um, and it comes down to four numbers so you might see for example that you get four one 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 right the first number is the lowering portion as the weight goes towards the floor the second number is the um is the pause and the stretch position at the bottom the third number is the lifting and then the fourth number is the uh the top position okay and what i've done is just come up with a couple of exceptions for you so that you understand. The first one that people get confused about with tempo prescriptions, and you should all be fairly familiar with tempo prescriptions at this point, is that if then the first number indicates when the weight is lowering to the floor, not necessarily the implement that you're using. A good example being a, a sort of a lap pull down. The first number, or in this instance, when the, when the implement goes down to the floor, the weight goes up. So the first number would be as you're lowering the weight and your arms are going up. Hopefully that should be fairly straightforward, but it's something that you don't often consider. The, the longer number is always 
the easier part of the rep. When you lift the weight, it's always the shorter number. Some exercises start with your arms. So for example, the top exercise here, when you're doing a chest ported row, which is something that you'll all have done. Some exercises start with the concentric portion, you lift up. And in the case of a bench press, some exercises start with the lowering portion, where you lower the weight down. So just remember that the first number is always when the weight is going down to the floor, okay? The numbers are always the same, weight down, pause, weight up, pause. If you don't understand this, I'm very happy to clear it up for you, but this is critical because if we go to the next bit, this is actually one of the factors that we use in order to help you to actually make sure that you're getting the most out of your training. Well, typically I did another um, uh, webinar on this, break training sessions down into either sort of a power session, a, a tension session or a burn session. Those are essentially the three things we do. And if I were to give you a power tempo, it would look like this, okay? Which is kind of smooth down. Um, if we look at it, hang on, is he gonna go again? He's gonna go again. Smooth down, no pause at the bottom, fast as you can on the way up, okay? We use this tempo because we wanna try and maximize force production. And there'll be more on that as we come along. So this is likely to be given you with low reps. And essentially the goal is to move as much weight as possible. And X in this instance means just go as fast as you can. The other option we have is a tension rep. Now you'll all be very familiar with this because you probably hate doing them, which is basically really slowly on the way down, pause in the stretch position, smooth on the way up, and then a squeeze at the top. And this kind of, this kind of rep is used basically to help to maximize muscle damage. The muscle damage is caused by the lengthening of the muscle slowly under tension, okay? So this is kind of the second type of training. We are gonna go more into this in a minute, so just bear with me. The third example of a tempo is kind of a, a pump or burn. This is likely to be at the end of your workout. This is likely to be something where we've got the reps are quite high. Maybe the rest breaks are shorter. And essentially all we're trying to do here is make sure there's no pause at the top and no pause at the bottom. This tempo is essentially just trying to create a burn. Think of it like blowing up a balloon. What we're trying to do is we're basically, every time you stop, either definitely at the top in this case or at the bottom, you're letting air out the balloon. We're trying to keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. In this instance, you're going to have to use a lot less weight for 10 reps at this tempo than you would have to use for 10 reps at this tempo. Okay? That's why you don't always necessarily just go on what you did last time. You need to think about the tempo and make sure the weight selection is correct, okay? So all in all on that one, you need to understand how to read tempo prescriptions. And the reason that we're doing the tempo prescription is because what we're trying to do is we're trying to elicit a specific response from the muscle. Typically what we're gonna do is we're gonna start pumping and burning to build endurance and strength endurance. We're gonna go to a tensions phase where we're looking to actually build basic strength and actually do a lot of muscle damage. And then we're gonna to go to a power phase where we're trying to basically present as much strength as we can. So then when we go back to the pump and burn phase, you're stronger and you can do more reps. Building up in that order, if you don't do the tempo correctly, you won't be getting the as much out of it as you can. So once you've done the tempo correctly and your form's good, then you can start to think about the rep range, okay? so. Rep range is the most important parameter. It's the parameter that drives essentially the, the, the outcome that you're going to do. But having said that, there are some considerations that are made when we put your program together in terms of how many reps you're going to do for each different exercise. If you're new to the gym, you're gonna be doing more reps. If you are um, 
if the rest it will typically go in line with um you know a lower amount of rest break so the more reps you do the less rest you get which seems counterintuitive but i'll explain it why in a second if you're going to do a machine exercise versus a free weight exercise a machine exercise doesn't require as much rest because you don't need to be as coordinated um an isolation exercise again versus a compound exercise so if you're doing one muscle at a time you don't need as long to recover as if you're doing lots of muscles at once and if your fitness is good you know if you're a triathlete you don't need to recover as long as if you're somebody who's you know gets out of breath walking up the stairs the the more fitness you have the, the lower the rest breaks will be all of these things will be considered when we're putting together what your rest breaks are so that's why it kind of kills me when I see people in the gym and I mean, I do it too. So we all do it, but we'll try not to do it on the phone, having a chat, doing others. And I'm thinking they're going, what are you doing? Um, or alternatively, when people are sort of sitting there and they're getting a bit bored and they're going, well, he's giving me a two minute rest break, but I don't really feel like it. If the rest break feels too long, the weight isn't sufficient. Not the rest break is too long. Okay. That's the way that we're trying to think about it. This is all planned in. And the idea is, is that we're trying to make it as, as efficient as possible. The only thing is, if you have higher reps, I tend to give you rep ranges, which is called a double progression, where you might get 10 to 12 reps. If you're on lower reps, what tends to happen is, is that we give you prescribed reps. So I'll just say, do three. Don't do four, don't do two, just do three, okay? Um, the reason for that is to do with the, the training effect that we're going for. When you have a double progression, and this is something that I get asked a lot, especially at the beginning, if I give you an exercise and it's three sets of 10 to 12 reps, that basically means that I want you to try to get up to 12 reps. That doesn't mean just do 10 to start with. We want to pick an exercise that you can do 12 with. So if we look at a four session progression here, first session, what you do is you're doing 12 reps, then you're doing 11 reps, and then you're doing 10 reps because you're fatiguing as you're going through the sets. The second session, you turn up you're a little bit stronger. So this time you get 12 reps, then 12 reps, and then 11 reps. And then by the third session, because you're even stronger again, hopefully, you can then do 12, 12, 12. Once you get to being able to do three sets of 12 reps, that's kind of mission accomplished. And what that means is that next time, what you're going to do is you're going to go to the gym, you're going to pick up a set of 12 kilo dumbbells, and then you're going to get 10 reps. If I've given you the proper rep range, you should be able to get the lower part of the rep range with the next level up. And if I haven't done that right, then you can shout at me, okay? There are some exceptions. For example... I don't want you to stop at 12 reps on session three if you can get a 13. Okay. So if you're in the last set, if you're in the last phase, sorry, the last set of the the um the exercise and you feel like you've got more to give, give it. Don't just say, okay, well, Jeff said do 12. So I'm just gonna do 12. You can say, um, go for 13, that's fantastic. And in the same way, if you get to session four and you do find actually 12 kilos is a bit of a jump and you only get nine on the last set, but you can do three sets of 12, as you had done previously, let's say, with this 10, just stick with, I would say, if that kind of thing happens, just stick with the 12, okay? I would rather that you increase the weight up, because otherwise you're not going to make any progress. If you hit the top of the rep, go to the next rep, go to the, um, if you've hit the top of the rep range, go to the next weight, and then um, if, you, if you're struggling a little bit, if you're getting six or seven reps, clearly something's wrong. But if you're getting nine or maybe even eight, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Just just keep pushing through it um, and you'll eventually you'll get there. And hopefully, as you can see from my little thing in the corner, you're getting lots of high fives and PBs and all that stuff. The last bit before we get to the weight selection, okay, and after the weight selection, that's it, we're, we're done, is, um, is rest. Now, the whole point of rest is that we need to wait long enough for the muscle to recover so that we can perform repeated efforts at the right intensity. So remember what we said is that 
the whole point of strength training is you need to achieve a certain threshold. If you do 10 sets of 10 kilos with a bench, bench press or whatever, and then you rest 20 seconds, you're only going to be able to do about four reps when you try the next one. And even though that's the most effort you can possibly give me, doing four reps is not does not representative of 80% of your best effort. And so you're not actually going to be progressing yourself any further. So you need to make sure that your rest breaks are proper. Okay. This follows pretty much inversely with um, reps. Okay. So same list pretty much. Um, if you're uh, if you're doing higher reps, you get shorter rests. And if you do lower reps, you get longer rests, which is counterintuitive, but I'm about to explain. The only exception to this, if you look at the bottom, is um, if you're doing a paired exercise, so say, for example, you're doing a squat and a bench press as a superset, uh, you don't need to rest as long because when your upper body's working, your lower body's working, resting and, and vice versa. If you're doing straight sets, i.e. you're doing a squat and then a bench press and then a, I don't know, a three-point row or something, because you're only doing you're doing each exercise, you're going to have to need longer to rest between. The idea of the paired exercises, and we often do these in the the pumpy burny sessions, is that it basically just makes you more time efficient. The other alternative to this is supersets. So, say for example, I'm doing a bench press into a set of push ups. Both of those are chest exercises. Proportionally speaking, you're going to need to have longer to recover in order to make that work again. Okay, so that might be something. But these are all factored into your training when when we're making your um your programs. Rest breaks are not made up, okay? So back to our little videos. If you're doing a power session, what you're going to see is that you're going to have two to potentially up to five minutes rest break, which is going to feel ridiculous. If you're used to going to a class and you're used to having a 10-second changeover where you do your reps and then you go and do another bunch of things, a five-minute rest break feels like you're not doing anything. But the lower rep stuff and the higher intensity stuff uses fast-twitch muscles and it's powered by the phosphocreatine cycle, which is something you may or may not know about. You don't need to know about that unless you already do. But the main thing I want you to know is it's neurological, okay? Which means that essentially what's happening is that we've got a muscle and we've got a muscle with a certain number of muscle fibers that are each able to produce a certain amount of force. What you're doing when you're doing this is you're actually organizing your nervous system so that it can make all of those muscle fibers fire at one point to produce maximum force. If they fire one after the other and they go bum, 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 total amount of force being produced by that muscle is gonna be reduced. So all we're trying to do by doing this is actually not train your muscles, but train your nervous system to function more effectively and to create more power. Now, the thing about your nervous system is, is that it's like recharging a battery. It takes a long time. You're also not gonna be burning. You're not gonna be out of breath, which are your typical indicators that it's time to get going again. You're going to have to sit there for two, three, four minutes and just, you know, then you can play on your phone or you can, you know, text your mum or whatever it is you need to do. But it's like recharging a battery. It takes ages. It takes a long time. But what you will find is if you do give it that full rest break, the, your ability to perform at that high intensity is going to be a lot, lot better. And you're going to make a lot more progress. If you're unable to perform at that high intensity, you'll always just be kind of kicking your heels and not quite being able to make progress. And even though you feel like you're working hard, you're not actually doing what's going to make the difference. If we shoot to the medium level stuff, which is the stuff that we do in the more tension reps, this is kind of more like a 60 to maybe 120 second rest. This is actually not neurological, but it's chemical. It's powered by glucose amongst other things. 
this is medium twitch muscles, um, which is essentially the, the slower version of the fast twitch ones. And I want you to think about this one is more like refilling a tank of petrol. Okay, you need to wait a little bit, but you don't need to wait as long as you do to recharge sort of like, you know, your phone battery or something. You need to take a little bit of time. And it's really important that you make sure that you look at what it is and you make sure that the, the, the rest break is taken correctly. Okay. The last one, when we're doing a pump of Bernie ones, which is the higher rep stuff, which is more about maybe creating metabolic fatigue. This is actually, we're doing this because we're trying to recruit all of the muscle fibers. So we're doing the high, the high, the fast twitch, the medium twitch, and the slow twitch. The slow twitch ones are the last ones to come into play. This is also powered by glucose and it's a chemical thing. And I want you to think about it like blowing up a balloon. So in two factors, one, you don't let the tension off as I'm not here. The, the dumbbells continue to move. The second you stop moving, if it says, you know, two, zero, one, zero, the second you stop moving, air's coming out the balloon. Second thing is, is it doesn't take very long to then empty the balloon again, right? So essentially what happens is, is you then got to start blowing it up. The idea is you're trying to, you're trying to keep the tension on, keep the tension on, keep moving, keep moving, short rest, and then do it again. Okay. So hopefully that makes sense. That gives you some idea of what it is that we're trying to do and why it is that your rest breaks vary quite as much as they do, but also why it's necessary that you um, you do stick to them, okay? Now, the last one is the weight. So you've got your form, you've got your tempo, you've got your rest, and you've got your reps sorted. Now you are able to manipulate the weight that we've chosen, okay? So it's the last thing that you want to think about. This is the bit we, we've saved the best to last in terms of the nerdiness, so bear with me. Um, if anyone wants to talk about this afterwards, I'd love to chew your ear, ear off about it. This is very exciting for me. Um, I'm going to do my best to make sure this isn't too ridiculous. Okay. Essentially, you can think of the um, the three sort of factor, the three styles of training as a continuum. And in the power, the amount of force that you're developing is really important because it's kind of the only thing that matters. And in the pumping, burning ones, it's actually kind of less important. And for those of you that didn't do GCSE physics, force is mass times acceleration. So basically, the speed at which you move the weight, the bigger weight move faster will produce more force. When you're trying to get stronger, you're trying to do the low rep stuff, force is really, really important. Okay, so if you're going to, we're just going to talk about this as a continuum, I'm not going to do the middle, the middle is essentially a halfway house between the two of them. If you're going to do and this is all stuff, hopefully we've covered slightly already. So if you're focusing on power, lower reps, the neurological adaptation requires peak force production. Okay. And if you don't, you can't get these, my math isn't working, peak force production without using a sufficient load. Okay. doesn't matter how fast you move a five kilo weight. If you can bench press hundred kilos, you're not going to be producing big maximum force. So with the power stuff, if your load is insufficient, as in if you aren't loading up high enough, then you're not going to be making any progress, okay? So when you're doing reps, which are, and by that we mean sort of anywhere between one and probably six reps, maybe even eight, but depends on the exercise, one to six reps, progressing on the load is the only thing that matters, okay? To give you the other side of this, basically to do the pumpy burny stuff, we're looking for maximum metabolic fatigue, metabolic fatigue, okay? And actually, although metabolic fatigue does require load, it's not the only thing that matters, okay? The other thing that matters is volume and it's tempo and it's the amount of reps that you do, but also the number of sets you do, okay? So you can actually, you can make your shoulders burn doing lateral raises with a five if you do enough reps, even if you could do it also with a 10. The load is actually less important. You're less likely, I'm less likely to be fussed 
about what weight you pick for something here than I am about the power ones. The power ones, it's pretty much all I care about, okay? That's it. That's all we're going to go for, okay? The only thing I wanted to add in at the end was that what you'll typically find with regards to weight selection is that the stuff at the top of this the session is the stuff which is more weight dependent and the stuff at the end of the session is stuff that's less weight dependent. The secondary factor of that is if you knacker yourself out at the beginning, the stuff at the end is going to be harder and so you shouldn't be able to lift as much weight, okay? So don't worry so much about the weight selection towards the end of the workout. It's the beginning of the workout with the big exercises, with the lower reps that we do first that are the things that is going to make it um, as effective as possible for you, okay? So I know that was all a bit heavy. How long did we do? Yeah, 30 minutes or so, not too bad. Um, and essentially that is everything that you need to know in order to get the most out of your program, okay? So if you if you understand all of that properly, you will know more than pretty much everyone else in the gym. And hopefully as a result, your results should reflect that. What we're going to be doing going forward, and I'll sort of mention this in a minute, is we're going to start doing, I've already done one, we're going to start doing specific ones towards how to focus on, for example, training legs, how to focus on training glutes, how to focus on training arms, how to focus on training back, you know, abs, we're going to do the whole lot um, over the course of the year. Um, and hopefully then we should have a good bank so that the idea being is that anybody who comes in and takes, you know, takes on the program will be able to actually execute training by themselves for the rest of their lives without needing to hire another personal trainer like me again that's the plan so hopefully you enjoyed that thank you for those who came in thank you for listening along um looking forward to some feedback now but i'll um, i'm sure i'll speak to you all very soon thank you very much